Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back into Believe in the Blacklist on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stacey Blackwood. I hope each of you are enjoying your summer. Uh, we're excited to be back to continue our Season 1 recap. Like always, this episode could contain some spoilers. So, you know, for those of you who have not caught up all the way through the first eight seasons of the show, you just, you know, this is kind of your warning. All right, we're just a little over halfway through the first season uh, of the blacklist uh, we're arriving now at episode 13 of season one the cypress agency which is number 64 on the blacklist but before we get too far i want to take a moment to ask you to please hit that subscribe button you know whether you're watching us on youtube listen to us on apple podcast or spotify make sure you hit that subscribe button you know give us a huge thumbs up and if you watch us on youtube get down in the comment section below you know and let us know what your favorite moment of this particular episode was uh, so we're excited to dive back into this. Now, I want I want to recap uh, this ap- episode just a little bit differently than what we've kind of done in the episodes past. Uh, so just let me know in the comment section below, you know, kind of what you think of this particular episode and how we kind of broke it down. So let's just first take a look at the general plot of this episode. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's one of my favorite episodes that, uh, so far of season one. So let's just kind of take a look at the, at the plot. And then we're going to look at a couple of the storylines and scenes from this episode and, and kind of look at maybe how some of the characters are changing and how their, their arc is changing as characters so far in this show. All right. So, like I said, let's just jump right into it. Uh, like I said, subscribe button, hit that notification bell, give us a huge thumbs up, and get down in the comment section below. All right. So the general plot of this of this episode is Tom and Liz are, are still intending to move on with their adoption uh, and now Red is giving Liz and the task force a case about an adoption agency. Now, you know, first of all, let's just ask this. Let's ask this uh, question. Do you believe it's a coincidence that Red is all of a sudden bringing an adoption agency onto the blacklist uh, that now that Liz and Tom are kind of in the backstretch of uh, or the home stretch of, you know, kind of this adoption process. And, you know, they're right there about to make that decision, the final decision to adopt a baby. So like I said, there, Tom and Liz are continuing this. Uh, do you think it's an accident? Get down in the comment section. Let me know. Do you think that this is just purely coincidence uh, that that in this time when Re- when Tom and Liz are about to adopt that Red brings an adoption agency onto the blacklist to be investigated? Uh, I, in my opinion, no. Red is a calculated person uh, and there is no way that this is simply a coincidence. Red wants Liz to think long and hard about adopting a child. So no coincidence, in my opinion. Like I said, let me know what you think in the comment section below. All right, now let's take a look at the, you know, the adoption agency itself for, for just a moment. Uh, the, what the agency does, what, what puts them on the blacklist is that they, they kidnap these young women who are smart and beautiful and athletic. And, you know, they have, you know, some great you know, qualities about them. Uh, and then they kind of hold them captive and impregnate them and uh, deliver their babies. And, uh, you know, they're, for a lack of a better term, these, these women who have been kidnapped turn into breeders 
for this agency. So uh, it's then, you know, towards the end of the episode, you find, you know, kind of the most disturbing part of, you know, what this agency does. All of it's disturbing. But and th- this this is kind of what separates the blacklist from some of these other great television shows, uh, you know, especially on the network television side of the industry. Nobody really pushes the the limits quite like the blacklist does. And and in this episode, you learn that not only does this adoption agency kidnap these women, you know, kind of hold them hostage to become breeders. But the CEO of this company, uh, o, uh, Owen uh, Mallory, uh, is the father of all the children that come from this agency. So uh, just kind of a creepy, creepy agency, a creepy guy. Uh, but just it, it's so blacklister. It's such a great blacklist episode, you know, as far as the blacklister themselves. And uh it, I just love the fact that the blacklist kind of pushes the limits on on each of these uh, blacklisters, and they kind of they kind of go on the dark side, the creepy side, uh, uh, you know, kind of cringeworthy side of some of these villains that are a part of this show. And I just want to uh, ask this question: Were you surprised at the fact that Owen Mallory was the father of all the children uh, that come through the uh, Cypress Agency? At first, I was really shocked by that, but then it started kind of making sense once he started kind of telling his uh, backstory. You know, he was adopted by this family at seven years old, and then 16 months later, he was put back into foster care. So he he kind of was was left with a, you know, a bad taste in his mouth from his adoption experience. And, uh, you know, he was kind of one of those outcast children, and he was uh, he, he did not have that great experience as an adoption kid. So he kind of wanted to leave his legacy uh, in the adoption agency that he formed. And it's just uh, that that was pretty that's pretty cringeworthy, you know, and it kind of pushes the limits, like I said, to what most network television shows, uh, you know, are kind of willing to do uh, on TV. And and now that that we've kind of seen all this, you know, play out through the throughout this episode, uh, you know, in the background, you kind of see that Mira is, is helping Red kind of figure out who is behind the Anslow Garrick uh, incursion. So that's kind of being played out in the background. Uh, Liz is slowly coming to grips with the fact that her and Tom are simply not ready to an adopt a child. So let's just talk about that for a minute. Obviously, after what, what Liz has found out about this uh, agency, uh, she is uh, starting to understand the amount of mistrust, I think is, is a good way to put it, that her and Tom have uh, at this moment in the series. And so she tells Tom that she she's not ready, that they're not ready. And, of course, Tom is upset. And there at the end, end of the episode, you see him go and see Jolene Parker, uh, you know, that that lady that's mysteriously introduced herself into their lives at the at the baby shower and. Uh, Tom went with her to that, you know, kind of gallery thing. So uh, that's an interesting relationship that's starting to develop there. Uh, another quick question for, for it's kind of unfair to the people that that ha- maybe are watching this for the first time. What are your thoughts on Jolene Parker? And maybe for the people who have watched it and kind of see how this plays out. Uh, how much did you enjoy the Jolene Parker, uh, you know, kind of episodes that she was in and that character and, 
kind of what that how that turned out. Let let us know in the comment section. And and by the way, when you leave a comment, don't worry about uh spoiling anything. You know, if people haven't caught up already, that's kind of on them. This show's been on since 2013. So I, I kind of prefaced this episode with a little bit of a spoiler alert. So they they've all been warned. Uh, so just don't don't worry about that. We're all here to have a good time. And I certainly appreciate everybody that kind of listens and interacts on that end of it. And I, I would appreciate it if if all of you could kind of, uh, you know, get in the comment section. Let's kind of have a blacklist discussion uh, here on YouTube. Now, let's I, I got to get to the to what was the, you know, the kind of shining moment of this episode. Like I mentioned, Mira and Red have worked together to kind of figure out who this mole is. Mira uses Harold's badge to kind of you know, get these classified documents there. Uh, she almost gets caught, but gets away with it. But she uncovers the fact that the the person responsible for the incursion by Anslow Garrick and, and all his minions uh, was Diane Fowler. Uh, and we've seen Diane Fowler, I think her first episode was episode two, when, you know, a few of them are getting together about the immunity agreement that Red is wanting. So, We've been introduced to, to Diane. Uh, she was a part of, obviously, the Anslow Garrick episodes when the incursion occurred, and she was trying to shut the task force down. And uh, so we've seen her a few episodes, and we kind of know who she is and how important she is, you know, within the U.S. government. And, you know, she kind of has power over Cooper. So uh, she's obviously a very important person within the government. She's a high-ranking official. Uh, she's, uh, you know, over some security and, you know, intelligence so she's 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 well known within the government and she has uh you know kind of some uh cachet within the government so let's just get to that scene for those who've seen it uh you know what i'm talking about uh one of the best scenes uh you really i, I think the show's you know nearing 200 episodes pretty close to it we'll be we'll be right around that once season nine is complete but uh yeah, this still remains one of my favorite scenes of the entire series. And and it's <laughs> it's it's really the the music is perfect. The music sets the mood. Gordon Lightfoot's Sundown is playing on a record player in a dark room. Uh then you see Diane Fowler open the door. Red turns off the the uh the record player and then they have really a chat that I think still holds some clout within this show. And I'm going to kind of read, you know, kind of verbatim what was kind of said in the moments. Of course, Red tells Diane that he's, he's uncovered the fact that she's the dirty rat, that she's the one that allowed the incursion. She tries to play it off. Like she, she allowed that to happen for his protection. And of course he knows better than that. And then she tries to play the card that, you know, she can't be touched because of how important she is. Of course, he shoots her because Red does not care. He has no, uh, he feels no pressure to to spare her life. He just he he realizes that she is the one who who is responsible for Luli's death and for the deaths of, of many people, and so he's holding her responsible. He shoots her one time and tells her that she talks too much, and right before he kind of finishes her off, uh, she says that she knows the truth. Uh, and, and one thing I want to point out, if you go back and watch this scene, she says, I know the truth red. And the way she says red is very emphatic. Like she, she emphasized his name red. I just go back and watch that. See if you caught that as well. I, I, I that really caught my eye. 
going back and watching this. So she says, I know the truth, Red, about that night, about what happened to your family. And she says, don't you want to know the truth? And, you know, Red, you know, kind of pauses and said, you know, more than anything in the world. And he seems very sincere. He seems like this is not an act. This is something that, you know, kind of hit him hard. And he said, you know, more than anything in the world. And then once again, Jane Spader, just phenomenal actor he is. He just pauses for a minute. And then he says, but if you know the truth, Diane, then someone else does too. And of course, he empties the the remaining uh, uh, bullets into her uh, chest, stomach area. And, you know, that's the end of Diane Fowler. And And you can see in that moment that Red is really contemplating, you know, maybe his life. Uh, maybe the moments leading up to, to what had just happened with Diane Fowler. Uh, so that to me, that is a very telling few minutes of this episode. That's kind of thrown right into the middle of season one. Uh, and I think a lot of people may have, you know, not have forgotten this scene, but have forgotten some of the uh, communication between the character of Raymond Reddington and Diane Fowler. So I go back and watch it again. Let me know what you think, happened to red's family uh and and do you think that diane really knows the truth and if she knows the truth how does she know the truth just kind of kind of give us your kind of thoughts and theories behind uh you know that that particular conversation between you know red and diane fowler i want to give you my quick thoughts on that i'm going to wrap this up here in just a couple minutes but quickly my thoughts they're, they're really simple they're not complete thoughts it's just something that's that's kind of starting to stir in my head a little bit. And uh, this is such a show that has so many twists and turns and ups and downs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's why we watch it though. I mean, it's, we're all here for, for Jane Spader and, you know, kind of trying to figure out exactly his motive behind, you know, this entire blacklist and what is going on. So quickly, my thoughts. And by the way, no, I'm going to give you one more spoiler alert. If you're not caught up with the show, just turn it off right now. <laughs> All right, so I, what I believe is Red once had a family of his own. Uh, he lost his family. And when he lost his family, he, he sort of lost his purpose in life. And he was, he was really lost and lonely in that moment. And then he sees Liz. May I, now, this is the part that I'm unsure about. I don't know how he knows Liz or how he knew Katerina, but I think he saw Liz after she loses her parents. However you see that as his new purpose. And if you remember in, I believe season two, Red and Liz have another conversation about, you know, after the Harbor master's death, Liz, you know, kind of empties one of her accounts to to help pay for the harbormaster's daughter's college tuition because that's the only reason the harbormaster was still working. And and you know, Red gives her this great speech of you know being careful about you know being her invisible benefactor. You know, it, at that first, you you feel like you're doing the right thing by you know watching from the shadows, protecting this person, calling in favors you know, to kind of smooth the path of their life. He has a great scene there. I, I encourage you to look it up. Uh, but he says, but but be careful because once you get started down this road, there's no logical place to stop. And I think that's kind of what happened with Red. I think he saw Liz and her hurt 
And he felt some sort of obligation now that he no longer has a purpose in his life because his family is gone, that Liz is his new purpose. Liz is his reason to live. Liz is his reason to uh, to carry on. So I, that's just kind of something I'm starting to kind of really navigate within my, my own mind about. And it's, like I said, it's something new. And so there's still a lot to uncover. There's still a lot to investigate. But by all means, I don't think uh, anything has been set in concrete on the truth of this show and the truth of the mythology of the show. So I'm still open. And I, I think, uh, I think this is a real possibility. Uh, I think, I think red, and it's been mentioned a couple times throughout the entire show that red, red was in her life out of obligation and obligation can mean, mean several different things. So that's some, that's some things to ponder about. Like I said, I want you to jump in that comment section on YouTube and give me your thoughts on today's episode and, and just kind of your thoughts in general about that, that final scene between red and Diane Fowler. So, uh, like I said, jump down there, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, you know, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're, you know, we're all over the place. Uh, you can find us pretty much on any podcast platform. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's episode. I really appreciate everybody tuning in and all the interaction that we have. Uh, it's been a lot of fun being able to do these. Make sure you do follow us on Twitter at Believe Blacklist. All right, guys. Y'all have a good evening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.